strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, thanks for spending part of your morning with us. Um, the Arizona House Speaker, Ben Toma, introduced uh, the toughest anti-illegal immigration law ever written. It is the Protecting Arizona Against Illegal Immigration Act. It is the House Concurrent Resolution 2060, and it will be as a November 2024 ballot initiative. Getting it on the ballot means the voters would decide whether or not this would go into effect. He joins us now. Uh, Mr. Speaker, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Let's let's talk about why this was written, what's in it. Let's start with what this will actually do. If the voters vote in favor of this, what will actually happen? Well, this builds off of the, the Legal Arizona Workers Act, which was passed in 2007 and took effect in 2008, more commonly known as the E-Verify law. And the reason this is this is a lot tougher and uh, and more significant is because it actually adds a uh, a significant uh, number of changes. And uh, for example, tougher penalties. It creates two class six felonies, two new class six felonies. First, for anyone that's working to either either alone or with others to to obstruct or prevent anyone from uh, doing their duty to use a, a, a verify as required by by this law. And then secondly, of course, for any employer w- would be guilty if the employer knowingly refuses to verify the, the eligibility of, um, of someone, uh, either that they know or should have known that that person was not lawfully present uh, in, in the U.S. And it also gives incentives for our AG and let's be honest here, uh, currently, that would really be also for our county attorneys to to prosecute because the, the, the penalty, which is pretty significant, uh, $10,000 for someone that, that is found to have offended, uh, would, uh, would, would be used to offset their costs. So I, I think it is tough. I think that's right. But I do think that uh, fellow Arizonans are, are ready to take a stand and, and bring about real change. There were a couple of points that were pushed back on this. And one of them on the other side of the aisle, some of the Democrats in the House have said that this is going to cause people to go to extreme measures to make ends meet when they're in Arizona. Do you see an uptick in crime being a possibility as, a, as an unintended consequence of this? I mean, in all honesty, I think if we're going to talk about uptaking crime, I mean, we should talk about the fact that it is Democrat policy and the failure of the federal government, uh, including, of course, President Biden, uh, chief Democrat, uh, that that have gotten us to where we are. And that's where we have an uptick in crime already from the fact that we have we're not in, uh, enforcing immigration laws where our border is open. And uh, and, you know, all of the. Um, all of the well, the, the invasion that's happened there, uh, specifically the the fact that we've got uh, fentanyl coming over the border, which I know has been talked about a lot, uh, human trafficking, uh, but just the human cost of, of of having these policies that continue to invite people to be here, and and how are we supposed to take care of them? Uh, I mean, if it, it's true, we can't really do the federal government's job, but we we can ensure that we don't become like California and other states that that have chosen to effectively go bankrupt while trying to deal with uh, the failure of the federal government. One of the other uh, criticisms I've heard people say about this is what it does is it shifts the responsibility for this onto businesses and businesses could be punished for something that's out ne- kind of outside of their control, but also they're going to have severe punishments for things and hiring people, but it's not their fault that the people are here. Do you, how do you respond to that? 
Well, first of all, I'm an immigrant, and as you know, and also a business owner. As a matter of fact, a business owner that employs a lot of employees that are 1099. That's the, the you know, I, my wife and I were on a real, residential real estate brokerage, and that you know, every real estate agent in Arizona is a 1099 employee, pretty much. So, so I, I know what I'm talking about here. I I, I understand the, the frustration potentially from small business owners, but I can tell you that that that's simply not true. You know, the, the truth of the matter is if anyone that chooses to employ uh, someone can run the E-Verify system in this case. And if they've run the E-Verify system and that person turns out to be uh, illegal, there is there is the, there's no presumption of guilt whatsoever. As a matter of fact, that is a uh, an affirmative defense. So th- this is very commonsensical. In other words, just do what you're supposed to do and you're going to be fine. On the other hand, if you're firing, say, a family member or someone uh, that you know for sure you've hired before and you've run the E-Verify system, you don't have to do it again. Uh, and, and you're only going to be held accountable if you've ended, if you actually hired someone that was illegal, that turned out to be illegal. If someone was after investigation, someone that turned out to be illegal, then there's no issue whatsoever. There's no breaking law. There's no penalties. Uh, this isn't about creating more bureaucracy to make it tougher for businesses, especially as a small business owner. I can 100 uh, percent vouch for that. And uh, and that was never the intent. This is about holding those that are that are that are that have been skirting the law and have been losing the using the loopholes uh, accountable to to ensure that this stops happening and that you know people that are willing to take advantage of of Arizonans that are working here legally go somewhere else and that's that's was the next part of my question was about incentives because we know in Massachusetts many of the citizens want to get rid of their mandatory shelter law in Chicago the voters in Chicago which is not a conservative city want to get rid of their sanctuary status because it is, is they say it's incentivizing people to go to those cities is this a tool that's being used to take away some of the incentives to stay in Arizona to go to someplace else that may be easier for them to find work Exactly. Again, we're having this conversation because the federal government has refused to do their job. If they enforced border security and they enforced legal immigration and provided ways for people to come here legally, I'm more than open to those types of discussions. But the truth is human beings respond to incentives, as you correctly put it. You know, it's easy for those cities in the north uh, and and on the left coast and and east coast to uh, to to just you know, to vote for or to be uh, supportive of, of, of Biden's policies when they don't have to feel the cost. But now that they are feeling the cost, they realize what this means. They're now changing, as you correctly put it. They're, these are not exactly um, conservative cities by any stretch. So, yeah, it is about incentives. It's about incentives. If you if you want these policies, then you have to deal with it. Uh, we're, we're done here in Arizona. I think you've seen we're done in Texas, uh, and I support what they did. I, unfortunately, I think they're going to get challenged in courts. Uh, and by the way, this is another important point about this. The reason. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, the reason this is important um, is because, you know, I've been scratching my brain how to how to how to do this and something that's significant that removes the incentives for illegal immigrants to stay in this state in particular. And that's why I built on the on, on the original E-Verify law, because that was upheld as constitutional by the United States Supreme Court. And uh, and as such, this is simply building on that, adding more, you know, um, as I said, more uh, tougher. It's a little tougher because uh, because I want to make sure that the incentives are there uh, to both to, to investigate, which is why it's there for for the AG. And although our current AG probably won't use this, our county attorneys will. And so they're included as well. And also just law enforcement in general, so they can use the, the those penalties to offset their costs. So it is all about incentives at the end of the day. 
And I think it's going to work. Arizona House Speaker Ben Toma is joining us. So then my last question is, what is it going to take to get this on the ballot? And if the voters do approve it, when will it take effect? Well, there is a delayed effective date until, uh, I believe, January 1st of 2026 in the bill. The And the reason for that is we want to give people an opportunity to, to comply and everyone to be educated about this. This is not a gotcha type of situation. As I said, I'm an immigrant myself and also a small business owner, and I want to make sure that, um, that it's very clear that this applies to businesses, not to consumers, and that everyone has an ample time uh, to understand the law and to comply. It, I'm not looking to just throw people in jail for any uh, reason whatsoever. That's the first thing. Secondly, it's going to have to pass the, the House. I believe it will. Uh, and the Senate, I believe that will happen as well, in which case it will be on the ballot uh, in November. And, uh, and, and and everyone in Arizona that's that's going to vote in November will have the opportunity to vote and uh, and make their, their will known on this issue. Mr. Speaker, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. I hope you'll come back soon. And I'd like to get an update on what's happening this legislative session as well. Looking forward to it. Anytime. All right. That is Ben Toma. He's the Arizona House Speaker with uh, what he is saying is is going to be when it gets on the ballot, give you an opportunity to vote on what they say is the toughest immigration law that's ever been written.